Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. It's a special day. Today is National Iced Tea Day. Do you want some iced tea? Can I get you... Some iced tea. Oh, yeah. I think I would like some iced tea. Lots of iced tea. It's National Iced Tea Day. What's hey now. going on? Oh, fuck. Where do you want to start? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> There's a lot going on. Uh, okay, first and foremost, I'm happy. Finally, we got something. We've been saying for a while that we need to know what it means to be vaccinated. Is there going to be any perks for you? And yesterday, the federal government announced that they're going to ease the border restrictions. Now, here's the thing. Only if you're fully vaccinated and there's still some catches, but the way it's going to work at the border is if you've had both shots and you've had that second shot in your arm for at least two weeks, when you come back to Canada, you won't need to go through that two weeks of isolation. You won't need to check into some ridiculous quarantine hotel. You won't have to do that. Is this a good move or are people going to get scared? Like, here come the scariants. Everybody will look out. I'm wondering if people at those quarantine hotels are more excited than anyone else about this news. Because <laughs> it seems like it's a bit of a gong show there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good with this. Look, if, if vaccines work and we've been pushed to get the vaccines and told, let's do this, right? That's a responsible thing to do. And a lot of us have done it and done our part. Then the vaccines work. And so far in the States, they've been sh- their numbers have been showing the vaccines work. We're keeping our eye on all that. So why not be able to, if you get your second dose, be able to enter back through? Okay, that two-week waiting uh, period to come back in, I, I, that's where I'm a little, I have a little bit of a question mark, but all right, um, that's great. That's great news, I think. That's a step. Well, I mean, this is uh, long overdue, and last month in May, we had tens of thousands of Canadians and permanent residents that had been going to school overseas or in America come home for the summer. And it's bad enough that nothing's open when they came back. It's bad enough that there's zero jobs for them when they came back. But then we stuck them in fucking isolation for two weeks. And they've been fully vaccinated because they got their shots wherever they were going to school. So, I mean, I'm talking to my son on the phone and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, kid. I don't know why you have to sit in in, in the basement for two weeks. But it's just the, the rules from the government. And they were strict about it. They made him get on a Zoom call to prove that he was doing his nasal swab properly halfway through his isolation. They knocked on the door twice to make sure he was still here. Hmm. It's fucked up. Wow. So I'm glad that they're going to do that. What I am wondering about, though, is what if you're partially vaccinated? What if you've had that first dose? Is it still going to be the two weeks of isolation? Or can you just take a negative test and quarantine for a couple of days? Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work. I don't think we have all the details, to be honest. But either way, it's a bit of progress. Actually, on the vaccine front yesterday, we did get some good news. Now they say, thanks to a lot of extra work from Pfizer and Moderna, we'll have 55 million doses by the end of July. That means that Canada will have enough vaccine delivered for 80% of eligible Canadians to be Fully vaccinated by the end of July. Okay, that's good. All right. So, border basically reopens at the beginning of July. By the end of July, everyone will have had a second shot. Seems like come the end of August, people will be able to travel. That's good. Okay, great. I'm happy with that. That seems like progress. Uh, Today is reopening Eve here in Ontario. What a great day. (laughs) 
tomorrow uh, the patios open up. And it's funny because I think people are just right fucking excited about the patios. Yeah. For the most part, people are. There's a fair amount. When we took a little bit of a poll this morning as well on a couple of our social platforms just to see where people are at. There's a fair amount of people, though, Scott, that are avoiding absolutely everything for the beginning because they know. And the truth is, yeah, there's going to be lineups. And like we said on the podcast yesterday, we need to make sure that we're nice and patient because there will be lineups. A 15% capacity for some places is not a lot. So you're going to be waiting in lines. And yes, if you're on a patio, hopefully you have a reservation. If not, I'm sure there's a lot of places that are willing to take walk-ins and they're happy to have your business just make sure that we're all patient but a lot of people are holding off because they're nervous Uh about the amount of people and more so the waiting part of it yeah i'm not lining up outside a a winners or an old navy tomorrow it's just not gonna happen not anytime this weekend so i'm with a lot of people i'll wait for the crowds to die down a bit and then i'll venture out and pick up some of the stuff that i've been putting off that i didn't want to buy online Mm -hmm. or couldn't get online But it is progress. It's just I refuse to leave anyone behind. And if you're one of those business owners that's still thinking, fuck, we can't open. What about us? We are right there with you. We will keep advocating for you wherever possible. Um, And and I'm sure that this echoes your sentiment as well. Fuck you, Doug! I I don't know why you're still closed. I really don't. I I think it's ridiculous. But uh, here we are, and it's a couple more weeks, and we won't forget about you. So today is channel changing day. The Ford government wants everybody to forget about the vaccine rollout and they want you to forget about the restrictions and the lockdowns and stop asking good questions like why our business is still closed. They're going to invoke the notwithstanding clause. They've returned from summer break that they just started last week at Queens Park to invoke the notwithstanding clause. And it's funny because... Is that something people don't learn about in civics class? I mean, I'm familiar with it, but it seems like a lot of people don't understand. No. Or they're saying things like it's illegal. Okay, so I don't know about hearing about it's illegal, but I definitely do not remember learning about it. And and quite possibly, if there's people who did learn about it, it's possible they don't care enough to, to, to have it, like, stay in their heads. So what exactly does this mean? Okay, so we have in our country... The Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And that charter is something that all Canadians can hold high and say, this is my right as a citizen. Well, from time to time, governments introduce things that are deemed to be unconstitutional. The government can then use the notwithstanding clause to overrule the courts and say, "Eh, too bad, we are going to take away your right and we're going to do this. So this all involves campaign and election financing basically we all know that there's third parties out there that will advertise during an election it could be anything from the those beloved teachers unions right up to uh family coalitions there's any number of them that may want to have their voice heard during the process of an election campaign so the ford government i think probably reading the writing on the wall realizes that We don't need any more negative publicity. The last thing we need is the unions and the business coalitions and the BIAs and all those people running ads to say they shouldn't vote for us. They don't want that kind of shit going into an election. And the election is now less than a year away. We'll be voting next June. So they wanted to make it a full year before an election campaign that these third parties cannot advertise. Currently, it's six months. Six months before the campaign, they don't do that shit. Ford wanted it to be a year. 
And now that we're less than a year, he's basically blocking those third parties from running the ads that they might run during a campaign. So what does that mean? Well, it went in front of a judge because there were various groups that may have an interest in in running ads during the election campaign. And the judge agreed with those people that that is unconstitutional. You're taking away their right to freedom of speech and freedom of expression. You can't do that. It's against the Constitution. So Doug is saying, well, I don't like that judge's ruling, so fuck him and fuck you too. And I'm going to invoke the notwithstanding clause. That's basically recognizing that it's been deemed unconstitutional, but we're doing it anyway. Hmm. That's what that means. What does he think he's going to gain from from this? Exactly. Well, I mean, it'll get him through the next election campaign. I mean, now that he, well, not now that, when he gets this notwithstanding clause invoked, it will prohibit those third party groups from advertising. Uh, no more will, I don't know, there's supporters and then there's detractors. And no more will, I'll use, uh, how about the, the business association, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Let's say they wanted to run some ads to say, hey, listen, Doug Ford claims to be a, a man who's in favor of business and supporting business, but this is what he did, the longest lockdown in the world. And even when the numbers didn't justify having businesses closed, he forced them to stay closed. Maybe they want to run those ads and remind people about, hey, listen, just because they're dangling this in front of you right now, don't forget the shit we went through with these guys. They won't be allowed to do that now because now we're less than a year from an election. So he's kind of silenced the critics and the supporters, and there's still people who feel that that's not constitutional. A judge said it's not constitutional. But with the notwithstanding clause, you can override various portions of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Do you understand now? Does that make sense? I guess so. I don't know how it really impacts me personally, so I don't really care. But I I get it. The major concern here is that when a government, and it's very serious to invoke that because the Charter is our right as a Canadian. And for a government to overrule any part of it has to be for a really good reason. And I think that's kind of my issue with this. I don't have a problem with the notwithstanding clause. The notwithstanding clause was designed when we were forming our country to make sure that judges can't just go rogue and run away and hijack the country. This seems like a really weird hill to want to die on for Doug. I don't know how this is going to play out because I think people look at this and see it for what it is. It's an election year and he wants to stop the critics. And for him to do that where he stands to gain in this as a the leader of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party, that to me just seems a little shady. Um, He has the right to do it. It's in the Constitution that he has the right to invoke the notwithstanding clause. I think it was just generally understood that that nuclear option, so to speak, would never actually be done unless it was very, very serious. If we were at war and the government wanted to force people to, I don't know, um, uh, whatever, everybody has to join the military. All right. You could invoke the notwithstanding clause to implement a draft during a time of military. If they wanted to suspend some civil liberties during a time of crisis, they could do it then. This just seems like a really weird one to invoke the notwithstanding clause on. Most people would suggest that he would go to a judge and he would say, we're going to appeal this. In the meantime, you need to stay that order that you put in. And that's likely what would happen. There would be a stay on it, meaning it would stay for a year 
until the appeal is heard. That's the process in the legal system. Doug's skipping the appeal process and just saying fuck you to the judge. (laughs) Um, You can feel how you want about it. There's a lot of people who don't want governments to be able to take away charter-given rights. There's other people who just think Doug's right on this particular issue, and they don't want to hear any third-party advertising during the election campaign, so they'll look the other way on this. I don't want to hear any fucking advertising during the election campaign. It's all shit. It's all absolute shit. I wish there was a way that we could just not. It's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, because I I don't know what any of them could possibly have to say. Like, we all know. You know what it is? It's almost like insulting if one of them does want to say something about our current government. Like, you think we're fucking stupid? Like, we haven't been living through this? Let us decide for ourselves. Your fucking ads do nothing for me. I hate them. I hate them all. All of them across Mm -hmm. the board. So I would much rather just them blow them up altogether. But, of course, that won't happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, I uh, if if I were Doug, this is a pretty serious precedent to set. I don't think I'd be going down this road using a constitutional trigger to try and get around a judge's ruling, but he seems to feel passionate about it, or it's just a really good distraction from what's going on with the COVID shit. Today, they're going to release new modeling data. Yeah. Yes. Okay, wait. Awesome. I don't know. What is it going to be good? Like, is it going to be good? Are they going to talk about like uh, the everything that they've talked about so far? It's the same thing, like the COVID numbers. Or are they going to talk more about the vaccine uh, side of it as well? Well, I mean, well, I don't know if they're factoring in the vaccination levels hmm. or that the people who do the modeling data actually care that people are getting vaccinated. But I mean, I have the latest numbers here on vaccinations. And right now we are at uh, let me see here. Okay, when it comes to vaccines, Canada's given out 23.8 million vaccinations so far, but only 3.3 million people have been fully vaccinated. So I'm assuming that if this data, which I have not seen yet or been tipped off about, if the data comes out and says, well, we got to stay the course, we got to be careful, extra cautious, because there's this Delta variant out there. They're going to say that. Yeah, that's what I think they're going to do, too. Um, you know, it, I'd love to be able to say, just fuck off. I really would like enough with the shit. We had 400 cases in Ontario yesterday. That's pretty slim. The entire country had 1400 nationally. Our country had less than New York state had yesterday. Like, let's go here. The, the modeling data on the scariants. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Use it if you want. But I don't know how much attention we should pay to it. If Doug uses it to slow down the reopening effort, I think people will have reached their tipping point. I think uh, there's just too many people that are fed up and wondering, why is my gym closed? We had 400 cases yesterday. Active cases across the country is next to nothing. Why are things closed? So I, I don't think this is something that they should be particularly excited about because if the modeling data is bad and Doug's going to read the room, he's going to have a very tough choice to make. Uh, There's a lot of people that are fully expecting July 2nd. We're going to step two. And if we're not, people are going to lose it. Uh, So we'll see what happens with this notwithstanding clause. And I'm also curious to see if it's unanimous. There's some PC MPPs that I have to think that as a uh, true progressive conservative, they're morally going to have a problem with using the notwithstanding clause for something like this. And some of them have tweeted out of why we've got to do it. There's a lot of them, though, that haven't said a word, and that's what makes me wonder if it is going to be unanimous. In particular, keep an eye on Stephen Lecce and Carolyn Mulrooney.
the two young ones that are more or less the future of the party and don't necessarily need to ride Doug's coattails into the next election. Uh, Let's switch gears here and go to a couple other things because I know you've got a day today. Car problems? Yeah, I started experiencing them yesterday and I just, I I, honestly, (laughs) life is so busy I actually forgot about it. Like I'm like, yeah, I should probably get like get this checked because there's a weird noise coming from what seems like the front uh, part of my car. Maybe I want to say tire, uh, something like that in that area, the front tire. Uh, Anyway, long story short, on my way in today, it definitely got worse. So I do have an appointment I have to get to. Are you going to be able to get to it? (laughs) Uh, We'll see. I'm hoping so. Fingers are crossed. It is not far from where I am now. So I hope that I will make it there. Okay. Good luck. We're both having a day. You had to deal with car problems when you got up this morning. I dropped my fucking towel in the toilet, and I got to deal with that shit when we're done this. Wait a minute. Did you leave it in the toilet? What do you mean you have to deal with it? Well, no, I didn't leave it in the toilet, but I pulled it out of the toilet, and I didn't want to wring it out because it was just in the fucking toilet. I can't remember if I flushed first or not. So I threw it in the tub. So I think... You got a stinky pee towel in your tub you got to deal with? Yeah, I don't know. Like, (laughs) do I wring it out? Do I just run some water over it in the tub? I I don't know. Like, do I throw it out? I'm not sure what to do with it. (laughs) That's great. Throw it directly in the garbage. (laughs) You know, I'm kind of tempted to do that. It was only like $14 or something. I don't need this towel. It's just, it seems like a waste of a perfectly good towel. If it's your pee-pee, it's okay. Just wrap, just put it in a, in a garbage bag, you know, bring it downstairs or wherever your laundry is, bring it in a garbage bag and plunk it in from there. You know what I mean? You'll be fine. You know what? I mean, it was just a gong show this morning. I was running a touch behind. I stayed in bed longer than I should have. I ran through the shower, grabbed my towel, and I, you know me, we've talked about the order of drying, a dick first, and then carry on from there. No, which and, is not right. Not, I'm still disappointed, but continue, please. Okay, so we'll, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, uh, as I was walking then from the mat outside the shower over to the sink, I passed by the toilet and my towel fell off and it fell in the fucking toilet. So I'm trying to get this towel out of the toilet and not spill water everywhere. I threw it in the tub and I'm all in a fucking huff. Then I had to go out into the hall where the linen closet is to grab a new towel. And of course, I'm naked and wet and I'm leaving footprints everywhere. And it was just a goddamn disaster. Fuck me. Uh, Can I do a good news story for you? Yeah, I love good news stories. I, I think everybody does. It's good to hear the good every now and again. There is a graduate who is brilliant by all accounts and was just awarded a massive $40,000 scholarship to attend Harvard this fall. That's great. She doesn't want it. Why? Why? That's Harvard. Yeah. She announced, thank you, but I'll be returning this $40,000 scholarship. I would prefer that money go to someone at a community college instead. Aww. So, okay. Now, there's there's people who will do that, right? Who will be willing to give to give back or give, I guess that would be like giving forward or whatever, forwarding their winnings and things on. Right. Is the school going to actually do that? Or are they going to retract that and give it to someone else but not the kind of person that you want it to go to? Yeah, I mean, for the school, a scholarship doesn't really cost them anything. I mean, it's less revenue, but it's not an actual expense. So I don't know if they're going to stroke a check for $40,000, but she says she would like that money to go to someone who's going to be going to community college. Typically, community college, 
doesn't uh, cost as much as the Ivy League schools, but it also doesn't have the same prestige. And that would typically be an opportunity for lower income people or those who don't qualify for all the student loans and so on and so forth. So hopefully that will help somebody out. I I think that's good. I think that's great. Yeah, that is really nice. Wow, that's a really that's incredible. I mean, we're talking about Harvard. Yeah. Wow. Shit. Uh, now that I did a good news story, can I do an asshole story? Yeah, go for it. I got a ba- It's called balance, people. It's called balance. <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. There's a man whose daughter just turned 18 years old. And apparently in America at 18 years old, you don't have to pay child support anymore. He was paying $800 a month in child support. Mm-hmm. He decided that for his last payment, He was going to be a real fucker, and he delivered 80,000 pennies to the front lawn of mom's home. Oh, God. That's pretty petty. What an asshole. The family, though, decided to turn that into something good. They took all of the money and donated it to a domestic abuse charity, Safe Harbor. (laughs) Okay, it's nice that they donated it. They didn't need to do that. But what a dick. I get that there's people out there paying child support and they don't want to pay child support. They don't like paying child support. They don't want any child support. Clearly wanted nothing to do and has nothing to do with that child. I assume. I don't think so. Uh, If there's a relationship there, it's certainly not mentioned in this story. But he decided that for his last payment, he was going to be a petty dick and go to the bank and take out 80,000 pennies and dump them on the front lawn. Wow. And. I get that there's people out there that think, ah, you can't say I didn't pay it. I did pay it. Pennies is currency. But it's a dick thing to do. Like, fuck right. off. No, well, it definitely says a lot about a person when you hear something like that. Like, just come on. You know, and I've heard things like that before, specifically for like a spousal support. For child support, though, I mean, you hated giving that money so so bad to a child that does belong to you. You were involved in those actions. You're obviously not there for the kid. Just a fucking loser. Wow. I... My neighbor, by the way, not too long ago, threw a last alimony payment party for himself. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Well, I mean, it's kind of like a mortgage for some people. I mean, if you're not involved in that kid's life and you're just paying because you're obligated to do so, I guess when you finally get out of making those multi-hundred dollar payments every month, it probably is something you're pretty happy about. Right. A party? I guess if everybody's agreeable to this, then sure, I can't really begrudge you that. I mean... When you pay off your car, yeah, that's a good thing. You don't have to make that car payment every month. So I can kind of see that. But being a dick to the mom and dropping 80,000 pennies on her yeah, lawn, this fuck off, dude. Yeah, this is a prick. This is a li- I hope that this person didn't end up having any more children because, God, we, don't, we do not need that kind of shit in our lives. Okay, I know you're up against the clock because you have a car appointment, but I just want to do a couple more quick stories here. Can we go to the U.S. government for a second? All right, what are they doing now? Climate change hearings are happening in America right now, and a U.S. congressman, this is an elected representative of America, asked a very bizarre question at these climate change hearings. Listen to this. The moon's orbit is changing slightly, and so is the Earth's orbit around the sun. Is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun, obviously that would have profound effects on our climate. I would have to follow up with you on that one, Mr. Gomert. The moon. (laughs) 
I don't even know who that was yeah. that answered the question, no. but what a no, hang on. fucking dumb question. No, hang on, hang on. I'm going to call Thor, and I'll fucking find out what we can do. Like, <laughs> come on. Are you fucking kidding me? Hang can on, we no, change no. the orbit of the moon? Hey, Darth Vader, uh, anybody, uh, can you help us out with this climate change situation? This is, uh, well, I mean... You know, I shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, but it's it's still very sad that this hap- that this question was even asked. Wow. He's an actual representative of the U.S. government. He's a congressman. Yeah, and that happened. That's great. That goes. That's right up there with when Donald Trump asked if we can just inject ourselves with bleach to get rid of the <laughs> coronavirus. Duh! Why can't we just inject ourselves with bleach? You know, maybe to him, that seems like a very reasonable solution. Like, guys, I just solved climate change. All we got to do is change the orbit of the moon. In fact, if we can find a way to stop the Earth from spinning, we can use the moon to shield us from the sun, and then the temperature will go down. (laughs) Why don't we just send Luke Skywalker up, and like he did with the Death Star, he can split the moon into pieces, and then we'll have two moons to shade us. Huh? Huh? What do you think of that? I get That's great. Brilliant. What a fucking idiot. Uh, Tinder has got a new feature. Block Contacts is going to be rolling out for everybody now that it has uh, finished testing. They say it will let you avoid people you know in real life. Actually, I think this is great because there's probably some people out there who are a little hesitant about online dating because they don't want to get discovered by their co-workers or their friends they just want to do things on the down low and maybe meet somebody but they don't want to be the topic of gossip at the water cooler so with block contacts it lets tinder access the contacts on your phone it'll make sure that the people you have in your phone don't show up in your tinder feed Mm. is that a good idea so okay couple of scenarios where i think yes it's a good idea and then if i may put on my cybersecurity uh hat here that sure. also kind of worries me a little bit because you know what I didn't think about is the fact that are you telling me that Tinder will now have full access to your contacts? Do we want they, that? Uh, you got to be careful when you give any app access to anything on your phone, I think. Yes. You know what I mean? So just consider that. And maybe that's it. Some people, it's not an issue for you. Some people, you don't even think about it. Don't give a shit. But for those who do care about their privacy, I mean, that means that they will. I mean, they'll have to. To run this particular uh, feature, you're, they're going to need access to your contacts. So just ask yourself if you want that, first of all. But anyway, aside from that, uh, I think it's a good idea for some people who might, you know, there's there's people who would run into family members on, on Tinder, for example. And that, sure, that's weird, but it shouldn't necessarily be awkward. It should be a, oh, my cousin's on here. That's fucking weird. And then you just swipe no and you get it over with. What might be awkward is if it's a, a coworker, uh, maybe a, a friend of yours, and maybe you've considered wanting to be more than just a friend, but do you swipe on it or not? That's where it gets kind of like maybe you don't want to see that so that you're never tempted when you're drunk, especially. Think about it. You're oh, never, fuck. Right? You're <laughs> never tempted to swipe in the wrong direction thinking it's a good idea and waking up the next morning realizing they didn't want to match you. And how fucking awkward is that? Right. So maybe you do want it to be made solidified that you will never have that happen to you for the right person. This is great. But just keep in mind all of the other things that might come along with it. Last but certainly not least for this episode, Ryan Reynolds is just the best. He has his aviation gin 
and he came out with a new promotion for Father's Day. It's a new cocktail called the vasectomy. Fill a tall glass with ice, the way children fill our lives with so much joy. Next, pour one ounce of cranberry juice, sweet, just like their little smiles. Then, pour three ounces of tonic, so bubbly. Then, pour three ounces of tonic, so bubbly, just like I feel every day I wake up after a long full night's sleep. Now, add a dash of lemon juice. Fresh if you have a few minutes to squeeze one, or store-bought if the little ones have you running around a bit today, the little scamps. Finally, we're going to add one and a half ounces of Aviation American Gin, the world's highest rated gin for the world's highest rated job. Dad. Finally, we're going to add one and a half ounces of Aviation American Gin. Stir. And then we're going to garnish with a little slice of sunshine. Mm. Now that is as refreshing as fatherhood. Well, something I call the vasectomy for no f-ing reason at all. Happy Father's Day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so good, when People right? see this, they're going to be like, has he... So good. I love Ryan Reynolds. He's great. I mean, think about that. When you go into a bar, sit down, bartender's there. I'd like a vasectomy, please. <laughs> it's a good conversation starter. I think that's great. Sure, sure. I know it's it's funny how, and that's great. I, I like anything that kind of jokes around. You see similar things on Mother's Day where you're like, oh, I love being a mom, but fuck, I'm exhausted. You know, similar, and, and for the men. And, and the fathers deserve something to make them feel good, too. And if that is the vasectomy for you, then great. I mean the cocktail, not the actual procedure, but teach their own. Last but certainly not, I'll just do one more. Uh, I just came across this. It's a survey that was done by Midol. I'm sure you're familiar. They are uh, responsible for what exactly does Midol do? Does it ease the symptoms of a woman's period? Yeah, I mean it. Uh, yeah, Midol. I don't. I don't take it to be honest with you, but I. I know that it does definitely help a lot of uh, a lot of people. It particularly made for monthly period symptoms. So yeah, it can help uh, with cramping. Uh, maybe bloating, things like that? Yeah, one time I asked, uh, I don't even remember who I was working with. I, I asked a female colleague if she had any Tylenol, and she was one of those people that keeps everything in a Tylenol bottle. Like in the Tylenol bottle, oh, there was... Like many pills? Different yeah, ones? like just every different kind. Because, <laughs> well, what if I need one of these or one of these? Right, I just right. keep them all in one bottle. Oh, okay, yeah. So... Fuck me. She handed me a Midol and I didn't even realize it. So I've actually taken Midol, I'm happy to tell you. My vagina felt great afterwards. Oh my God, how funny is it that I think I haven't had a Midol, but you have. It's weird, right? And it's not for your vagina, it's for your uterus, Scott. Come on. Oh, true. My uterus was feeling (laughs) A-OK after that. (laughs) Anyway. So Midol did a survey and they found 62% of women under 40 years old have apologized for their period before, even though they shouldn't have to. So they've compiled the top five things that women under 40 are apologizing for unnecessarily. Hmm, okay. The, no, the number one thing, and it all has to do with a period, being moody. 64% who've apologized for their period say, I'm sorry for being moody. And they're pointing out, you shouldn't have to apologize for being moody. You're not feeling great, and it's totally understandable to be moody. Hmm. Getting emotional, 60%. 
have apologized. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just emo- I'm on my period. That's not really something you should have to apologize for. Doesn't everybody understand how a woman's monthly cycle works? Right, don't don't right. we just give a little bit of leeway? Yeah, and I mean, people get emotional anyway in everyday life, and there's all kinds of different reasons for it, but for females in particular, you might know. And for some people, by the way, it is, it is usually premenstrual symptoms. It is before it comes. that That's how they know is that they feel emotional or they feel these certain feelings and they know, oh, fuck, here we go, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, we shouldn't be apologizing for it. Unless you're, like, maybe really angry at someone and then you really lose your shit on them, then maybe you might want to insert a little apology, I guess. Like, I would feel the need to if I felt like I was having an outburst or something because of those emotions. But, all right, I like that at least we're trying to familiarize people with these feelings. That's good. Yeah, I mean, if you broke his windshield or carved (laughs) your name into his seats, yeah, you should probably apologize. I mean, you should have been able to control that emotion, but just generally being emotional or moody is not something you need to apologize for. Scott, as a woman, I think I can say this. Don't blame your fucking PMS on shit that's not PMS. Don't do it. If you're angry, and you probably would be angry regardless of your cycle, you're angry. That's it. Don't, and you absolutely shouldn't apologize for it. And don't pretend it's about that when it's not. Because some people, I think, will use it as an excuse, even though that's actually not it. More than half of women have apologized for not feeling great physically. Oh, I just don't feel great. I'm sorry. Again, that's not something you should have to apologize for. Having cramps. 49% 49% have actually apologized for that. <laughs> how do we, isn't that interesting that we'll apologize for how we are suffering ourselves? Like, uh, oh, I'm in so much pain. I'm sorry for being in pain. Like, <laughs> yeah. no. And, and that truly is something you can't control. I have girlfriends who have missed work and school because of the pain that they are in. It's, it's legit. But you should definitely not apologize for that. Holy moly. 39% have apologized for period-related stains. Oh. Again, yeah. this is not something you have to apologize for. I'm glad they put that out. That's good. I it, think it's good for guys to hear that sort of shit, too. Sure it is. And generally speaking, if you can't control something, I think, you should not be apologizing for it. But you know what we are? We are a society, an over-apologetic society, I think, just generally speaking. Most oh, of us will apologize. Canada. Yes. It's there's so much truth to it. And in some ways, I think I I would put it under the polite umbrella. We're just trying to be polite. But in some ways, you do have to take a look at it and say, why am I saying sorry? Like, I've literally said sorry. Have you ever said sorry to yourself? Like, I've literally apologized to myself for like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll bump into something like, ah, sorry. Because I'm so used to saying sorry. Why the fuck am I saying sorry to myself? I have done it before and caught myself and said, why am I saying sorry to myself? Because it just comes so naturally for me if something happens or something fucks up that I say sorry instantly without even really thinking about it. I'm telling you that the only way you owe us an apology is if you keep apologizing. Stop doing it. That from the makers of Midol, which I can tell you is a fabulous product. I've tried it. Good drug. I didn't know I was trying it, but I tried it. It was great. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, that's it for us. Kat's got to go get her front end repaired. I'll uh, let you know how that goes. I'm hoping for the best. I apparently have some fucking laundry to do. Good luck, with your, good luck, with, your pee, good luck with your pee towel, bro. <laughs> have a great Thursday, everybody. Happy reopening day, Eve. We will be back tomorrow. And tomorrow, Dave Blizzard is going to join us. And we'll talk about the reopening and, and probably notwithstanding and a whole bunch more.
Uh, have a great day. We'll get this to celebrate the 4th of July. France is sending the U.S. a second Statue of Liberty. That's one sixteenth the size of the original. Yeah, France is getting us the same gift they already got us. In other words, they're already in the Father's Day spirit. Right now, our vaccines are at risk of going to waste. Millions of Johnson & Johnson vaccines expire at the end of this month, and the government is trying to figure out what we're going to do with them because people don't want them. Three months ago, we would have sold a kidney to get a vaccine. Now it's like they're Bed Bath & Beyond coupons or something. And- <laughs> A travel agency has announced plans to offer a Friends-themed cruise next year, and nothing says I miss the 90s more than still using a travel agent. <laughs> Starbucks announced it's reintroducing its 10-cent discount for customers who bring personal, reusable cups. Meanwhile, Dunkin' customers can save a buck if they just hold out their hands. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.